are welcome to Faith to Faith broadcast. Enjoy the dynamic teaching ministry of Pastor T.B. Peters, the president of Renaissance Assembly Incorporated. This message will take you from where you are to where you ought to be. New Testament prayers. One of the greatest things God had made available to man is the ability for man to pray. Hallelujah. It is the privilege to talk to God. Hallelujah. And when you study your Bible from Genesis to Revelations, you will find that um, there's some, there are a lot of people that prayed in the Bible. Alright? From the time of Abraham, even before then, before Abraham's time, we have several accounts of people praying or talking to God. But the Bible is a book that reveals to us how things in the spirit work. Hallelujah. How things in the realm of the spirit work. The Bible does not just tell us about who God is. It also tells us who we are. Hallelujah. Then it also teaches us on how to take advantage in the realm of the spirit. So, through the Word of God, we can learn about how to operate or function in the Spirit. You know, if you got into a new company to work, um, it would be important for you to know how things work in that place. So, they say, no, here we don't do this, we do this, we don't do that. You will enjoy the place and get the best out of that place if you know how things work. And you know, it's good for us to be born again. But after you've received Jesus as Lord and Savior, it's important for you to know, one of the most important things to know is how to pray. Hallelujah. How to pray. And you cannot learn how to pray by reading the newspaper. Hallelujah. The, the knowledge base where we get information on prayer as it relates to God is the Bible. And then the second way we learn to pray is by praying. Amen. Hallelujah. You know, you could get information about how to pray, but it's a different ball game altogether actually praying. Amen. So, you may have all the facts about prayer. You know, just like someone, um, you know, there are some of you, if they ask you how to drive a car, you can just Tell them, you know, you say, well, uh, if it's a manual car, you do this, you step your left foot here, you put your right foot here, you move. You tell them everything, all the motions, you know it. But you've never driven a car. Now, that you know it, if you learned it in class, they say, now, this is the steering, these are the pedals, this is the gear, this is that. And they showed all of those things to you. And you can even explain it more than someone that is driving. 
But it is a different ball game when they give you the car key and put you on the road and say drive. Amen. It's a different thing. Then you will see that there is truly a gap between theory and practice. Amen. Are you with me? You will see that there is a gap. And sometimes believers have heard things about prayer. But the actual place where prayer is lens is when you start praying. Amen. Are we together? When you start praying. When you get into prayer. Not to talk about prayer. So the best way to actually teach about prayer is to pray with them. Amen. <laughs> Alright, let's pray together. And that's the best way to teach someone how to pray. But, I believe that we need a knowledge base. Alright, so we're going to just try to establish that and help you understand that there's a difference between praying in the Old Testament and praying in the New Testament. Hallelujah. Um, there are many reasons why there's a difference. But I just focus on the central reasons. Number one. Um, in the Old Testament, what makes it an Old Testament? You see throughout the Bible, they use the words testament and covenant interchangeably. You know, uh, sometimes it says testament, sometimes it says covenant. In actual fact, it's a covenant. Hallelujah. The stronger and uh, the word that conveys the relationship we were brought into, the, the stronger term is covenant. So when we talk about the old covenant and the new covenant, in the old covenant, God didn't have any business with any Nigerian. Hallelujah. Are you getting the picture? In the old covenant, God didn't have any business with any American. He didn't have any business with any Japanese man. His business was solely with the people of Israel. Hallelujah. It was a covenant that was for a select group of people. So if you were not Jewish, you didn't have any reason to partake of the covenant. Hallelujah. Alright? So, you cannot even pray the old covenant prayer because you, there's no way you, you are connected to it. Amen. Are you with me? Alright? So, God, by the death of Jesus Christ, brought the whole world into a new covenant. Hallelujah. Or putting it better, gave everyone in the world an opportunity to partake of a new covenant. Alright? So that new covenant is what you and I are part of. Hallelujah. And the way to pray in that new covenant is different from the way, even if it is the same God. Hallelujah. Are you with me? It's the same God. In John chapter 16, I read that scripture on Tuesday, so let's just go there. I'm going to read verse 23 and 24 and try to build from there. In John chapter 16, Jesus was talking about prayer. And then he started by saying in verse 23, And in that day, you shall ask me nothing. Now, it, this implied that they were always asking Jesus for things. If they wanted, if they had a problem, it was Jesus they ran to. If they had a challenge, it was Jesus they ran to. Every problem they ever had, Jesus was meeting their needs. Now Jesus said, a day is coming where you will not have to ask me anything. Hallelujah. He says, verily I say unto you, or very, verily I say unto you, whatsoever ye shall ask the Father in my name, he will give it you. Hallelujah. 
Now, in essence, Jesus was saying that a day is coming where you will address your needs directly to the Father. Now, understand something. In the Old Covenant, God did not relate with the people of Israel as father and son. It was a master-servant relationship. In the New Covenant, we have a father and son relationship. Amen. Are we together? Alright? If you receive Jesus as Lord and Savior, you have become a child of God. Hallelujah. Alright? In John 1 verse 12, as many as received him, to them gave he power to become what? Sons. Amen. So, we have the right of sonship. We become sons of God in the New Covenant. In the Old Covenant, they were not sons. But we are sons. Amen. And it makes a world of difference. Because the sonship, the sonship gives us certain rights. It gives us an access that the ordinary Jewish man might not have had with God. Hallelujah. So when Jesus was telling them in John 16 verse 23, And you shall ask the Father. They have not understood that. Because that was not the practice. No, we don't pray to the Father. We pray to God. Listen. He is God. He might still be God to the world, but He's Father to us. Hallelujah. Are you listening to me? So to us, He's not just God. He's Father. Hallelujah. He's our Father. You keep saying that anytime Paul was introducing or talking about God, especially in the epistles, you will see him say, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Our God and Father. He always included that most of the time. To emphasize that we have been brought into, see, we are partakers of the fatherhood of God. Amen. Now get that picture clear. So when Jesus was introducing this, it was a new thing. Totally new. He says, you shall ask the Father in my name. And he will give it to you. That means that you don't have to talk to me anymore. You talk to the Father. All you need to do is to use my name when you're talking to the Father. Hallelujah. Use my name. Glory to God. You say, Father, in the name of Jesus. And I established that on Tuesday. So, if you're not here, get the message. Amen. But I want to move on from here. Hallelujah. And show you something else. Alright. In verse 24, he now went further to say something else. He said, Hitherto, that's up till now, have you asked nothing in my name? You've not asked anything in my name. Because I'm just telling you about it. He said, Ask and ye shall receive that your joy may be full. Hallelujah. Praise God. Tenable ask and you shall receive that your joy may be full. Say the second time someone. Amen. We will finally come back here. But I want you to hold this scripture in your mind. Amen. We'll travel around the world. And then we'll come back here. Hopefully today. Amen. Glory to God. Ask. And what will happen? And you shall receive that your joy may be full. Now, um, I, I made a statement uh, um, on Tuesday. And I talked about uh, Ephesians 6 verse 18. Um, King James says, Praying always. With all prayer and supplication in the spirits. Hallelujah. That's the way King James puts it. You know, then we read, um, um, I think it was NLT or NIV. Give me one of them uh, that said, no, not uh, NIV, NIV, NIV. Good. This. Now, NIV puts it this way. It says, and pray in the spirit on all occasions. And I said, with all kinds of prayers. Hallelujah. Alright, so this scripture explains that there are different kinds of prayers. Hallelujah. That every prayer is not the same. 
Am I communicating? There are different kinds of prayer. In the New Testament, there are different kinds of prayer. Now, for example, you know, some people try to pray. They say, I'm, they want to pray like Jesus, alright? They want to pray the way Jesus prayed. When Jesus was in the Garden of Gethsemane, Jesus prayed a prayer and he said, If it be thy will, let this cup pass from me. Remember that prayer? Now, that prayer is a prayer of consecration. Let me explain what that prayer means. When you pray that kind of prayer, it's a prayer you pray when you don't know what God's will is and you are submitting to whatever His will is. Amen? So at that point, Jesus is saying, look, if you ask me, this is what I want to do. But I submit to what you want. Amen? So He used that phrase, if it be thy will. Now, it will be wrong for you to pray that prayer when you are sick. To say, Lord, if it be thy will, heal me. Because God has revealed in his word that it is his will to heal you. Amen. Are you listening to me? Alright, so that kind of prayer is not a prayer you pray for healing. Praise God. Are you listening to me? Because there are different kinds of prayer. I use the illustration, I like to use it again, um, Ken Hagen of Blessed Memory um, taught on, extensively on that one time. And then he was talking about how he said there are different kinds of sports. There's basketball. All of them have ball. There's baseball. There's football. Huh? They all have ball attached to it. And they all have balls in the game. But all the games don't have the same rules. Amen. In basketball, you use your hands. If you use your leg, it's out of play. Amen. In football, apart from the goalkeeper, everybody uses his leg. If you, the ball is on, uh, on the pitch and then you pick it up, that's foul play. Amen. Are you with me? Now, the two, there are two games. All of them are sports, but it's not the same rule. Amen. Am I communicating? So, in prayer also, there are different kinds of prayer. You say all of them are prayer, but the different kinds do not have the same rules. Amen. Am I communicating? So today, um, by the Spirit of God, I believe that we're going to be getting understanding about how to pray in a way that will make our prayer lives effective. Amen. Alright, um, so I, I came here to show you that there are different kinds of prayers. Remember NIV? NIV says, I'm praying the Spirit on all occasions with, you can underline that part that says, all kinds of prayers. Hallelujah. All kinds, all kinds of prayers. Hallelujah. So there are different kinds of prayer. Now, another way we see that there are different kinds of prayer, even if we don't go to the NIV, is in First Timothy 2, in King James Version, Paul was teaching in First Timothy 2. Alright? And then he was explaining something powerful. Something really powerful. Hallelujah. First Timothy 2 verse 1, uh, King James Version. He said, I exhort therefore. Alright? Now he's talking to Timothy. That first of all, then he said, supplications, prayers, intercessions, and giving of thanks. What? Be made for all men. Praise God. You saw that? Supplications, prayers, intercessions. What again? And giving of thanks be made for all men. Now, he was not saying the same thing in four different ways. Amen. Are we together? He was talking about four different things. In this scripture, we could see that Paul was able to differentiate different kinds of prayer. Hallelujah. 
that there is a prayer that he referred to as supplication. There is a one he called prayer. And then intercession is another kind of prayer. Hallelujah. Then giving of thanks. Alright? Now, for us to really understand this, we may have to um, see it um, in the Greek. Alright? Um, I try my best not to have to speak Greek. But in this case, I'll have to explain a few things to you. Understand something. If I um, am saying that I was talking about different kinds of fruit, alright? Then I said, uh, bring the mango and the orange and the banana and the apple. You already know that I'm talking about different things. Is that not so? I cannot say bring the banana and the banana and the banana and the banana, except I'm joking, alright? Now, so, Paul was not using, was not saying the same thing four times. First of all, prayer. Second of all, prayer. Third of all, prayer. No, he was talking about four different things here. Amen. Now, in the Greek language, the, all the words translated there, let's list four of them. One is supplications, alright? The second one is prayers. The third one is intercessions. And the fourth one is giving of thanks. Now, I'm not saying that this is an exhaustive list of all the kinds of prayer. What I'm trying to show you here is that Paul, in that particular teaching he was giving, explained that there are prayers like this. Amen. Amen. Alright? Like, I could be talking to someone and I say, well, um, I will plead with you to um, come along with Nokia, with Samsung, with uh, um, Motorola, uh, and maybe I mentioned another phone. You understand that? I'm not saying that the four I mentioned are the only phones in the world. Amen. There might be other phones. But for the purpose of what I'm saying, these four are important. Hallelujah. Are you with me? Okay. So here, um, this might not be an exhaustive list of all the kinds of prayers. But Paul is establishing here that there are such Prayers like supplications, prayers, intercessions, and giving of thanks. Hallelujah. Now, when you look at this scripture, there's, there are a few things I want to point out here. Um, we'll, we had to explain it based on the Greek rendering. Alright? In the Greek, there are two words that were used a lot of times, but they were never... Let me explain the words first of all. When the Bible here said supplications, can you give me this in amplified version? Let me explain in amplified, then I enter the Greek. Amplified. Amplified version of 1 Timothy 2.1. I love amplified. In all the studies, I believe amplified did the best in translating verbatim what the Greek was trying to convey. Alright, watch this now. He said, first of all then, I admonish and urge that what? Petitions. Did you see that? I ever say petitions. Secondly, he said what? Prayers. Then he said intercessions and thanksgivings. What? Be offered on behalf of all men. Now pause. Between King James that we just read and Amplified, what did you see that did not show here in the types of prayers? Amen. What? No, no. What showed in King James that did not show in Amplified? Thank you. Supplications. Now, that means that Amplified substituted the word petitions 
for supplications. Now, I want you to listen to me carefully. Amen. Alright. Now, you will see that they substituted the word petitions for supplication. Meaning that, that Amplified was saying that that thing they call supplication is the same thing as a petition. Amen. Amen. Now, in the Greek, the reason why Amplified translated it this way is because in the Greek, the Greek word that was used actually means a petition. Hallelujah. Are you with me? So go back to King James, right? So I'd like you to be looking at the word supplication as petition. Amen. Alright? So now, so Paul was saying that, first of all, supplications. The Greek word there is deisis. It actually means that you are petitioning someone that is of a higher office to you. And you made a written specific request. Hallelujah. That's what it means. Alright? Now, the supplication, I've, I've heard many people talk about the word supplication. Um, and uh, even maybe teach on it, you know, even um, teachings on it and all that. And the word supplication is used more of like pleading or begging for something. You know? But the strongest meaning it conveys here was a petition. Something is so important to you that you have to put it in writing and address it to someone that has the power to address what you are talking about. Hallelujah. Are you with me? So it's more of, it is a formal request. Praise God. It is a what? A formal request. And I found out that um, even the Greek scholars had a problem explaining because this, this word supplication here was translated as deisis, which is petition. Then the word that you see as prayers was translated as another word. Hallelujah. Alright? And what they tried to convey there was a general term given to prayer. None of us speak Greek here. So, it just sounds, they say, prosuke. Alright? Prosuke means that any call made towards God is prosuke. Hallelujah. Any call made towards God. So, if we wanted to use one word that explains worship, prayer, intercession, everything is prosuke we'll use. Amen. Are you with me? Are you sure I should teach this thing? Alright. Alright. But this is where we're going to. Alright. So, he was explaining that, first of all, petitions. Then, prayers. Then, intercessions. What are intercessions? Intercessions are prayers you pray on behalf of other people. They're not prayers you pray for yourself. Hallelujah. Okay? Then, and giving of thanks. Giving of thanks includes praises. Amen. Alright? So he was classifying that these are the different kinds of prayer and they are all not the same. Amen. Amen. Alright, having established this, I want to just say something really important. I want us to travel to Philippians, but before we get there, let me be sure that every connection has been made. You know something? Even if you don't know the Greek word, it doesn't matter. Amen. Alright? What matters is that you know how to pray. Amen. Are you getting the picture? Alright, but for clarity, that's why I'm just explaining this. Okay? So, you don't say, okay, when you want to pray now, you don't pray to God in Greek. Amen? Alright? So, you, even if you forget what the Greek word is, um, it doesn't change the fact that your prayer will have results or will not have results. Amen? 
Praise God. Alright. So, but understand something here. Um, why I brought up the issue of petitions was that in the Old Testament, in Isaiah 43, I believe, let's just give me verse 26. I didn't intend to go here, but let's just go there. Isaiah 43, verse 26. Let's just, let me show you something. Um, go down to 27. Let me check if it's the connecting scripture I'm looking for. Alright. Back up. 25. 24. Okay, go back to 26. Alright, all I need is 26. Listen now. Isaiah 43, 26. Listen to this scripture. God was speaking. He said, put me in remembrance. Let us plead together. Declare thou that thou mayest be justified. Amen. This is prayer. When you're talking to God and you're reminding Him of something. Amen. It's prayer. Now, it doesn't tell us what kind of prayer, but all we know is that you are pleading your case. Amen. Am I communicating? You're what? Pleading your case. Do you know that most of the time, people think prayer is going to God to see whether God would answer you. That's not prayer. That's not New Testament prayer. Prayer is not trying your luck. Amen. Are you understanding me? You know, some people think that prayer is trying. Let's, let's, let's pray now. Let's pray and see. Let's pray and see. There's a great man of God called Charles Price. Long time ago. And um, there was someone in the hospital. And um, I can't remember the um, ailment, but the person was sick. And so, Charles Christ came to the hospital to pray for the person. And when he got there, the doctor knows him as a minister. And the doctor also knows the case of the woman that is sick. And the doctor knows that um, it's a terminal case. The lady is going to die, you know. So, the doctor got into a chat with the minister, Charles Price. I was like, wow, you came. It's good that you came. At least... You will help to suit her mind before she dies. You know. So Chaspai said, no, I didn't come to encourage her or suit her before she dies. I came to get her healed. <laughs> the man looked and laughed like, do you know what the case is here? So he went in and ministered to the lady and she got healed. Amen. That means that he was not Going to pray to see if God was going to heal her. Amen. Are you getting the picture? He was not praying to see if God was going to heal her. There was a certain minister that um, didn't believe. He, he was, uh, I think it was Baptist or something like that. Um, he was a minister of the gospel. But he didn't believe in miracles. He didn't believe that God could heal the sick. Um, you know, all those kind of things. He didn't really believe in those kind of things. So, but he heard about another minister that had a ministry, uh, and there are miracles and healings in his ministry. So, he decided to attend the program. So, he went with his children. You know, when he got there, he had a five-year-old child. And they were in the meeting. So, the man of God now called for, the man of God that was ministering, now called for the sick and started praying for them uh, in public. So, the father that came with his son, that attended the program, was not happy. The other minister. He said, ah, 
why they uh, that he likes everything the man is teaching, but he doesn't like this part of praying for the sick. You know, he doesn't like this part of praying for the sick. He doesn't believe that. How do they know that God is going to heal the people for them to call them publicly and pray for them? So when they got back home, and they started discussing it, you know, the children said they enjoyed the, uh, uh, the, um, the, the meeting, you know. He said, yeah, yeah, I enjoyed it. It's just that uh, I don't understand why they had to call people out. And then the five-year-old boy said, he said, um, it's like our church. It's just that that church is better. He said, why? He said, because when they pray, they are, they are sure that God will answer them. In our church, we are not sure. A five-year-old boy. Amen. That was his interpretation. Amen. Because he saw that if they could call someone out and pray for the person publicly, it means they were sure that God was going to heal them. Amen. <laughs> now, you see, um, some of you here, you pray and you don't expect that God will, you, if God hears you, you say, ha, thank God he heard me. No, 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 no. That's not New Testament prayer. Amen. New Testament prayer it begins with the assurance that God will answer it. Amen. Are you understanding me? That you, you begin with the assurance. It's not at the end. You even begin with the assurance that God is going to hear you. Alright? So, um, God will help us in this month to, little by little, establish um, this truth um, and bring you to the place where you will effectively pray uh, New Testament prayers. Hallelujah. Are we together? Alright, then um, I move to my Philippians 4. I like to start with those simple scriptures and then at the beginning, uh, towards the end of last month I was sharing with you, Philippians 4, put up, put up verse 6. I was sharing with you from Zechariah where the Bible says that I will pour upon the house of David the spirit of grace and supplication. Hallelujah. And they will look unto him whom they have pierced. Amen. Alright, but now here in Philippians there was a strong, basic teaching on prayer that every believer should understand. So I'm going to try my best to read all the translations that will drive the scripture home in your spirit. Alright? Philippians 4, 6 in King James says, I'm going to be reading from 6 to 9, alright? Okay, but it says, be careful for nothing. Huh? But in everything... By prayer and supplication. Here again, you see the word prayer and supplication. Just as you saw in 1 Timothy 2. You saw what? Supplications, prayers, intercessions, and giving. Here in that prayer and supplication. He still used the same two words. Prosuche, prosuke, and desis. Amen. One is prayer. The other is petition. Hallelujah. So he said, let's... But in everything, by prayer and your petition, with thanksgiving. So he listed three out of the four that he mentioned in First Timothy. Amen. The only thing that is not here is intercession. Alright? So he said, prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your request be made known unto God. Your request should be made known to who? Unto God. Verse 7. And the peace of God which passes all understanding shall keep your heart and mind through Christ Jesus. Now go back to verse 6 and let's read it in, um, I'll take you from Amplified to NLT, then to Message. Amplified version. Alright. It says, do not fret. Everybody say, do not fret. Or have any anxiety about anything. Alright, now, as we're talking, 
let's apply it immediately. Are there things you have anxiety about? Amen. Are there things that you are fretting about? The scripture is telling you, do not fret. The scripture is telling you, have no anxiety about anything. But in every circumstance, now all of us are in different circumstances. He's saying in every, not, he didn't say in some circumstances. In every circumstance, what should you do? And in everything, by prayer and petition. Now you see King James used petition again. I'm sorry, Amplify used petition. And prayer and in everything, by prayer and petition, then he explained in brackets here, yeah, definite request. He calling that petition what? A definite request. Hallelujah. With thanksgiving, continue to make your wants known to who? To God. Hallelujah. Okay. Let's get the point now. Why would God tell you, don't be anxious for anything? Because when you go to the place of prayer, you can change it. Amen. Are you listening to me? Whatever the situation is, he says, don't be anxious. He didn't say, okay, see, there are some things you should be anxious for. There are some things you shouldn't be anxious for. He said, no, do not fret or have any anxiety about anything. I will plead with you to listen to this teaching. I don't allow anything to distract you. He said, have no anxiety for anything. How does someone come to that place where there is no anxiety for anything? Is when you have known how to pray. Hallelujah. You have understood the role and the place of prayer in your life. Then you can say, okay, what are you trying to say? I, right now, my, my landlord is going to kick me out next week. He's going to kick me out next month. You said I should not be anxious. My wife is about to give birth to a child. Alright? And then, we don't even have money to pay the hospital bills. You say I should be anxious for nothing. Her due date is already here. You say we should be anxious for nothing. Oh, my school fees will be due. So, 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 it's overdue. I have not paid. You say I should be anxious for nothing. I didn't say so. God said so. Amen. Alright? Now, it says that in every circumstance, in everything... By prayer and definite request, what do you do? With thanksgiving, you continue to make your wants known to God. Alright? Give me verse 7, then we'll go to uh, NLT. And God's peace, everybody say God's peace, shall be yours. Glory to God. That tranquil state of his soul assured of his salvation through Christ, and so fearing nothing from God, and being content with its earthly lot of whatever sort that is, that peace, which transcends all understanding, shall garrison and mount guard over your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen. Go to um, NLT. I think I read message last. Go back to King James. Yeah. Um, sorry, NLT um, verse 6. Now, let's read this together. I want to go. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank Him for all He has done. Amen. Praise God. If all I succeed in doing or to do this evening is to give you Philippians 4, 6. We've already scored an A. Amen. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. So he said, worry about nothing. Pray about everything. Hallelujah. Hey, you know, 
when I see scriptures like this, I say, you know, because there are some times where, even as ministers, there are certain things we don't bother praying about. But the scriptures say, pray about everything. Hallelujah. Amen. Glory to God. Pray about what? Everything. Say, pray about something. Say, pray about everything. Now, as I'm talking to you, some of you remember there are some things that you are worried about, but you have not prayed about it. So you are doing the opposite. You know what you do? You worry about everything and pray about nothing. Amen. <laughs> Amen. But the scripture said no. Worry about nothing. Pray about everything. Tap your neighbor and say pray about everything. Glory to God. Yeah, I really have a lot of things I've not prayed about. Amen. So I'm going to pray about everything. Amen. Even some people that worry you in church, pray about them. Amen. Glory to God. Alright, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Then he said, tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done. Is that understood? Let's read it in message translation. Message translation. Hallelujah. Okay. Don't fret or worry. Instead of worrying, what do you do? Pray. Okay, let's read it together. You know, let me be sure that I'm talking to people that are understanding the language I'm speaking. Amen. Want to go? Don't fret. Instead of worrying, pray. Let petitions and praises shape your worries into prayers. Letting God know what? Your concerns. Amen. So we say, let petitions and praises shape your worries into prayers. Did you see that? Okay, give me verse 7 here uh, in a message. Good. Ha, I love this message translation. Okay, see. Let's read it from 6 into 7. So we all flow together. Alright? Okay. Are we going to read together? Alright, let's go. Want to go? Don't fret or worry. Instead of worrying, pray. Let petitions and praises shape your worries into prayers. Letting God know your concerns. Before you know it, a sense of God's wholeness, everything coming together for good, will come and settle you down. It's wonderful what happens when Christ displaces worry at the center of your life. Amen. Praise God. You saw that? Message translation. Okay, it says a sense of God's wholeness. Everything coming together for good will come and settle you down. Okay, now that's where I was going to. Go back to Philippians 4, King James, alright? Verse 6. Here, he was explaining something, alright? It's the same scripture we read, we're just reading different translations. Now, when he said, be careful for nothing. You know what that means. Don't be anxious, don't fret, don't worry. He said, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving. There was so much emphasis on thanksgiving. With thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. Then the King James now says in verse 7, And the peace of God. Now, there's a way people read those scriptures as though they are not connected. No, he's saying that when you pray, that there is a peace that surpasses mental imagination. Hallelujah. That exceeds what the mind can explain. That will come and guide and keep 
your hearts. Hallelujah. And stay with you until you physically receive the answer. Amen. Alright, so that's what I want to show you. Amen. Let's go deeper now. Remember, I mentioned something about petitions. You see, when you are making a formal request, one major thing we have to understand about prayer is that we don't pray based on what we feel. We can pray about what we feel, but our prayer is not based on our feeling. Our prayer also is not based on the fact that we know that God is a good God. No. Prayer has to be more solid than that. Are you listening to me? If you are making a request, it has to be based on something you know about the one that you are making the request from. Now, um, let's go to First John chapter five. Um, I like to read verse fourteen. Then we're going to come back to John sixteen. I told you I'm going to come back there. Hallelujah! All right, in John First John five, this is a simple scripture. All right, uh, some of you might have come across it at one time or the other. It says, "And this is the confidence." Listen. So when we pray, what is our confidence? Okay? He said, this is the confidence that we have in Him. That if we ask anything according to His will, He heareth us. So our confidence is that what we ask is according to His will. Amen? Are you with me? Verse 15. Give me 15, then I'll explain in a moment. And if we know that He hears us, Whatsoever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we desired of Him. Give it to me in um, NLT from 14 to 15, just for clarity, alright? Alright, listen. And we are confident that He hears us whenever we ask for anything that pleases Him. Okay? Next verse 15. And since we know He hears us, when we make our request, we can also know that He will give us what we ask for. Amen. Okay. Now, whatever we learn about prayer today, if we don't establish the fact that prayer must be based on God's will, hallelujah, then we've not established anything. Okay. What is the will of God? That's the question now. Amen. <laughs> what is the will of God? How can someone know what the will of God is? Praise God. This is the area that gets a lot of people thrown off balance most of the time. Now someone say, eh, I know that it's God's will for I know that it's God's will for us not to be sick. Listen, I know it's God's will for us to prosper. Huh? What makes miracles happen is not because you believe 
in the ability of God. It's because you believe in His willingness. There's a difference between God's ability and His willingness. Let me explain. He said, if I ask you now, do you, can God, somebody that uh, has uh, HIV AIDS, can God heal the person now, now, now? You say, oh, that's the small thing. God, see, uh, God is big old. Uh, God that parteres, God that, uh, he, can, he can heal AIDS now. What is AIDS for God? It's a small thing. So you believe in the ability of God. And I say, okay, do you believe that God will heal you of HIV? I say, I don't know. I don't know. So your problem is not about God's ability. Your problem is God's willingness to heal you. Amen. Now, when you go to the place of prayer, that you believe in the ability of God is not all. You have to come to a place in your heart where you know that God is willing for you to have that thing you are requesting for. That becomes the confidence that you have. Amen. Let me bring it home more. Maybe you hear that, ah, you know, pastor gave, bought a shawarma, they sell shawarma close to church for somebody, you know. Right. So, let's assume, they say, they sell shawarma near the church, and then they say, Pastor bought shawarma for me. Mr. A comes and says, Pastor bought shawarma for me. So, wow. He said, even yesterday, he bought for Mr. B. We say, wow. So, you don't doubt that Pastor can buy shawarma, because at least the shawarma is not so expensive, you believe that Pastor can buy it. Eh? Then I say, go and ask him for your own. He say, ha. What is the ha? You are not doubting whether I will have a thousand naira to buy shawarma. You are doubting if I will give you. Amen. And you can actually come and say, Pastor, <laughs> shawarma. <laughs> I say, what happened to shawarma? The way I might just say, what happened to shawarma? He said, nothing, sir, nothing. <laughs> are you understanding me? Why don't you have confidence? Are you getting me? You don't have confidence because I did not promise you shawarma. Listen, no. But if I say, everybody that comes to church by 6, before 6 p.m., I'm going to buy shawarma for them. That means I've given you a promise. Amen. Are you understanding me? I've given you a promise. There's something I have said. So when you are coming to make a request, you have confidence. You come and say, Pastor, <laughs> I came before six. Then I say, why? So what does God say? He said, Pastor, you said that anybody that comes before six, you will buy shawarma. So I came for my shawarma. Are you seeing your confidence? Your confidence is based on the fact that you know it is my will to give you shawarma. Amen. Are you with me? You know it is my will. Because I've said it. My, my word is my will. Amen. Now, so the only way we can know what God's will is, is through His Word. Amen. Praise God. Now, there's what we, what you hear us say sometimes about what we call the revealed will of God. Now, there are certain things that are not revealed by just flipping through the Bible. For example, 
The Bible might not tell you exactly what city you should live in. The Bible will not tell you which wife to marry or which husband to marry. It will guide you. But it doesn't say, oh, Jane, marry Joe. Are you understanding me? So, that is not revealed expressly in black ink. Amen? But the revealed will of God, for example, when you flip through scriptures, you will come across 1 Peter 2.24. You flip through scriptures, you will come across Matthew 8.17. You might come across Isaiah 53. Hallelujah. Surely, he had... Um, he had um, he had, um, he had, he had, uh, what's he going to He had taken our griefs and carried our sorrows, you know. And then he said, by his stripes you are healed. You've seen that scripture. Alright? Now, that scripture is God's revealed will about healing. You flip through scriptures. The Bible says, um, it says, I wish above all things that thou mayest prosper and be in health. You flip through scriptures, it goes and says, oh, for you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was you yet for a sake, he became poor, that you through his poverty might become rich. Oh, you see, prosperity is God's will for you. That's revealed already. For the revealed will of God, you don't have to go and ask God to say, oh, is it your will? The Bible already says it is His will. So when you pray in line with that, you go making definite requests based on a revealed will. Amen. Now, the mistake sometimes believers make is that you know the scripture. If they tell you to say it, you can just say, oh, we was doing it for was iniquities. The chastening of our peace was upon you. We decided to heal. You say it. Huh? But when you are sick in your body, listen, oh, you cannot be saying it from your head. It has to come out of your heart. It has to come out from your spirit. So for this scripture to have the effect it should have on your life, you might have to sit down and plant this word in your heart. Are you listening to me? That's where meditation comes in. Amen. So that when you say in the name of Jesus, Father in your word, you said that you took my, by, by your stripes I was healed. That you took my infirmities. The chastisement for my peace was upon you. You were bruised my iniquities. Therefore, in the name of Jesus, I refuse this growth in my body. That's the definite request. Amen. Are you with me? Now, when you say it in the name of Jesus, the moment you say amen, you have made your request though. You have made your request. Your request is based on God's will for you, which you have seen in the scripture. That's why I have a problem with people that don't read their Bible. Amen? Listen. You don't use them say, them say to pray. Amen? Are you, are you hearing me? Eh? Oh, Father Lord, I want to thank you. When John was praying, John said, by his stripes you are here. devil said, did I tell you? Did, did, is it God that told you? Or you are, said, John said, and there is no confidence. But when you open the scriptures and you see it for yourself and it is personalized, no devil can take it from you. Amen? Are you listening to me? Praise God. So, at that point, when you are praying, you are making definite requests based on what you know. You know, let me say this to you. The day you prayed or the time you prayed might now be the time that the thing you prayed for will happen. Between when you prayed and when what you prayed for will manifest, if your confidence was not strong, something will shake you. Are you understanding me? That's why that scripture is needed. 
That's why you need to have that scripture. Sometimes you see some people say, they are praying for some, say, what is your scripture? No scripture. What is the scripture? What is the basis of your prayer? On what grounds are you making that demand? No grounds. I just say, let God just see me and just help me. No, no, no. You're missing the point. These are spiritual things. Amen. There's a way it works. Amen. In actual fact, in prayer, you know, let me put it in a way that, I don't know, without being sarcastic. It's not like when you now pray, God you now, you know, <laughs> you know, when we're younger, when you now ask for something, then daddy goes into his room and then brings it out and gives it to you. Amen. Are you understanding me? No, that's not how it works. In actual fact, when you are praying, you are the one going in to collect it. It's not that the Father is bringing it to give it to you. It was always there. But that prayer is how you collect it. Amen. Amen. So if you don't collect it, it will never be yours. Amen. Even if it is yours. Amen. Have you heard that phrase in the Bible? It says, possess your possession. Amen. It says, ah, but if it's my possession, why do I still have to possess it? Amen. <laughs> because it can be your possession that is not in your possession. Amen. So through prayer, we what? We possess our possessions. But that's not we're going further. I'm trying to be fast now. Alright, so in praying, it must be Go back to First John five fourteen. We read now, King James, please. In First John five fourteen, it says, "And this is the confidence that we have in Him, that what that if we ask anything according to His will, His will there is His word, He hears us." Now it's important for believers to know how to search scriptures before they pray. Amen. And you will never pray amiss. Amen. You will never pray amiss. You never pray amiss. Honestly, I've been in places, I was talking to my wife this afternoon, and I said, we were talking about prayer. And then I said, you know, we're talking about Rema, Rema, Word of God, and all that. So I said, there are times where we pray. And I'm saying, Lord, this situation is before me. I don't even have a scripture. Help me with the scripture. Then I start praying in tongues. Then scripture start coming to me. Amen. Are you understanding me? Alright. So what we're discussing was, what about people that don't have, they've never really read scriptures. How does the Holy Ghost give them Rema? <laughs> Amen. Amen. Glory to God. I love the way the Dick's annotated Bible. Um, they wrote a reference on, uh, they did something on um, that Ephesians 6, 6, 16, I believe, verse 16. Is it 15 or 16? That says, and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. Alright, that particular verse of Scripture. So, the comment on it, Dick's made. He said, um, they were talking about, they said, and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Rema of God. Hallelujah. The word of God there was Rema, which is Rema, pronounced Rema. Now, which is the Rema of God, alright? Then the comment they made there was that 
that that rhema of God, the prerequisite, sorry, the prerequisite for the rhema word is that you have studied the logos. Amen. Out of the logos, all the scriptures that are in your heart, the Holy Ghost will pick the one that suits the, the, the situation the most and throw it to your spirit. Amen. It becomes the sword that you are you're offensive, you attack. Hallelujah. Are you understanding me? That's the idea they were giving. That means that you, on your own, you'll be reading scripture every day. You read scripture here, read scripture here. Then there's a challenge before you. The Holy Ghost will dig out that scripture and give it to you. Amen. That was the rendering. But that's not where I was going to. What I want to establish is this. So we're talking about Rema, Rema word, and so on and so forth and so forth. And I said, there are times where we pray and say, Lord, give me a scripture about this situation. Sometimes in studying the scriptures, a scripture will come. Hallelujah. Sometimes it could be even in the message you are listening to. A scripture will stand out. You know that that scripture is your scripture. Hallelujah. Now you can pray because you have gotten the will of God. Amen. Am I communicating? Don't forget that God is always going to try. Let me put the word. God is always available to help you. Are you understanding me? He's always trying to make it possible for you to receive answers in prayer. So, you might not have a supersonic a powerful rema. It doesn't have to be a powerful rema. No. What is important is that that scripture witnesses to your spirit that it is fit for the situation you are praying for. Amen. Simple. Because all you need is assurance. Assurance. After you pray, the devil will bring doubts to your mind. Alright? But when you are, you know, so I've had issues where I'm praying about a scripture. Alright? Maybe I've studied a scripture and then I'm praying about the scripture. And then, you know, the, day, the way the devil will tackle me might be a bit different. It could be like, yeah, 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 that's what the scripture says, but that's not the actual rendering. Are you understanding me? That's not the actual rendering. And in some cases, it's true. Are you understanding me? It's not the actual rendering. Then I say, well, but that's what it implies. <laughs> Amen. Then I bring another scripture that is the actual rendering. <laughs> that, that, but the scripture also says. What was Jesus doing with Satan? The temptation. Simple. He said it is written. Eh? Jesus, when he first said, if that be the son of God, command these stones to be bread. He didn't bring scripture. He didn't bring scripture. He said, if, if, if you be the son of God, command these stones to be bread. Jesus now quoted scripture. It is written. Man shall not live by bread alone. They say, I said, okay, you want to do like you know scripture. Satan came with his own scripture too. Amen. Are you understanding? He came with scripture. He said, it is written that he will bear you, angels will bear you up, lest you dash your foot against any stone. So if you, if you be the son of God, jump, because it is written. <laughs> scripture, he was given, and the, is in, the scripture was quoted in Psalm 91. Amen. <laughs> what the scripture Satan gave him was Psalm 91. But it was not the rema. Amen. It was not the word for that hour. And Jesus spoke again and said, it is written. <laughs> Amen. Glory to God. That's another term the Lord thy God. You know? 
It's quoted in scripture again. So there are times where we're praying and those thoughts are coming to your mind. And that's why you have to be grounded in scripture. Hallelujah. You want to pray about healing. Be grounded in it. All the questions that are coming to your mind, settle it. Find scriptures that back, okay, is, it that, is God actually going to heal me? Yes. This scripture says so. Did God heal a case? Yes. It is based on that confidence you now come and make your request. Amen. And no matter what thought comes to your mind, you are standing on that word. Amen. Are you with me? Maybe next um, teaching, I'm going to talk more about that. You know, I'm going to talk more about that. But let me drop something very vital. Go back to John 16, verse 24. I promised I was going to go there, so let me go there back. Let's read from 23 into 24, then I'll tie it up. Amen. And in that day you shall ask me nothing. Very light, very light, say unto you, whatsoever you shall ask the Father in my name, he will give it to you. So, if you ask the Father in the name of Jesus, he will give it to you. Alright? Next verse, now. I want to show you something here. He that told you, you have asked nothing in my name. Then he said, ask and you shall receive that your joy may be full. Now, what was he talking about? What he was saying here is similar to what he said in Mark eleven twenty four. Hallelujah. He said, ask and you shall receive that your joy may be full. Mark 11.24 throws a lot of light on this thing. Mark 11.24 says something powerful. He said, therefore I say unto you, what things soever you desire, when ye pray, then he said what? Believe that you receive them. Then, what will happen? And you shall have them. Now, it means that this scripture is saying that there is a difference between receiving it and having it. Amen. Did you hear me? I'll explain what that means. When I pray, I have a financial need. And then I've said the scripture. And the scripture shows me. It may be a particular. Now when it says scripture now, it may not be Philippians 4.19. Amen. Are you understanding me? It might not be Philippians 4.19. It could be another scripture. But for me, what is coming to me from that scripture is that God is meeting this financial need. Amen. And based on that scripture now, faith has come to my heart. Hallelujah. Then I say, Father, in the name of Jesus, I receive a thousand naira now in Jesus' name. Amen. That was my desire. The moment I pray, because of God's word, I believe that I have received. Amen. Did you get the picture? The money has not entered my hand. I believe I have received because I have asked according to the word. Alright? Then after praying, I say, Father, I thank you. Because you have given me 1,000. Because your word said I should ask and you will give me the 1,000. Therefore, I receive the 1,000 in Jesus' name. Amen. Alright? Hold on. Go back to John 16, 24. Ask and you shall receive that your joy may be full. The moment I say, Father, I thank you, my joy is full at that moment. Are you understanding me? My joy is full. What does it mean that your joy is full? Oh, I love the story. Um, um, was Smith Ubisoft that told the story? He was talking about how he was praying for money. And um, he had prayed about the particular amount of money. And then he went somewhere and was with a very wealthy man. 
And if he had mentioned his problem to the wealthy man, the man would solve it. But he said that when he knelt down and prayed, he had already received the joy of having the money. Amen. So, as he was with the man, there was no, he was not jittery about it. He was not like, hey, opportunity has come, let me ask him. No. Because he was in faith. The man said, you seem to be full of joy. What is the, what's the, he now shared with the man, encouraged the man and all that. And left him, he didn't even tell him anything about his financial problem. God solved his problem some way, somewhere else. Amen. But he made a statement. He said that the moment he stood up from place of prayer, the same way he was joyful, is how he was joyful when the money entered his hand. Amen. He didn't catch it. He didn't catch it. See, he knelt down and said, Father, give me a thousand in Jesus' name. Amen. Father, I thank you because it's done. Amen. Glory. This, he was joyful like he has received it. And then he was going. When the father put the money in his hand, the joy was not different from the joy at that place. Amen? Are you understanding me? That's faith. Amen? Now, that's what the scripture is saying. I say, ask and you shall receive that your joy may be full. If you have received it, your joy will be full at that moment. There are two things that the scripture talks about that are signs in the spirit that you have received. One is joy. The second is peace. Amen? He said that your joy may be full. It is that fullness of joy that keeps your thanksgiving going on. So someone now, oh, the person had cancer. They laid hands on you. And as you say, now as hands are laid on me, that cancer is dissolving. And hands were laid on you. In the name, amen. You start thanking him for your healing. Alright? Based on scripture. You start thanking him for your healing. You are thanking him for your healing. You are already joyful like someone that has already received the miracle. You have not gone for a test. Amen? So when you go for the test, and then they confirm what you already know. Amen. You are still joyful. But it's not different from the joy you displayed when you laid hands on you. Amen. Are you with me? Alright, go back to Mark 11.24. In Mark 11.24, clear scripture. He said, therefore I say unto you, what things soever you desire. When you pray, the moment you pray, he said, believe that you receive. Amen. That moment, believe that you, if you believe that you receive... How will you behave? How will you react? What will your response be? Amen. That's response. That's response. Then he says, because you believe that you receive, he says, and you shall have them. If you don't believe you receive, you will not have it. Amen. Now, it makes you understand what faith is. Faith is not... Why, why, is, why, why is faith always in present tense? Why is faith always in present tense? Because that time you are praying is when it was given to you. Amen. The time you collected it in the physical is not the time it was given to you. That time you were praying is when your spirit received it. Amen. That's when your spirit received it. Let me say something to you. There are some of us here that desire things, but our spirit has not received it yet. Are you understanding me? We desire it. Oh, I wish. Ah, I like to get a new car. I like to get it. But your spirit has not received it yet. When your spirit has received, when you have received, there are two things: joy and peace. Amen. That was what Philippians four was trying to explain. Okay, we we'll go to Philippians four now. In Philippians four, he said, "Be careful for nothing." Verse six. But in everything, by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your request be made known unto God. That means your request must be blended with thanksgiving. Alright? 
But the moment that request has been made, he now said in verse 7, and the peace of God. That means that if that, see, if that connection has been made, there is a peace that passes all understanding that will guard your heart. Do you know why sometimes we pray about something and we keep praying? Because we have not gotten that peace. Amen. That peace is the umpire of the soul. Amen. It's the same way a referee enters and blows. Either the game is starting or it's ending. When that peace has come, it has blown that the game has ended. Amen. The receiving has happened. Glory to God. Are you understanding me? So, when you are in the place of prayer, if you stand up, you are still shaking in your heart. Now, don't misunderstand me. Thoughts, doubts can come to your mind. You can be walking and say, what if it doesn't happen? What is that happen? There's a difference between your mind and your heart. Hallelujah. There's a difference between your thinking and your spirit. Amen? Are you listening to me? In your mind, you could just be there thinking, say, what if, what if? But inside here, there's calm. If there's calm here, go to sleep. Amen? So when we are praying about something, we are praying. Sometimes we don't know how we should pray for something as we ought. We will pray until that peace has come. It might take one hour. It might take six hours. It might take days. But when that peace has come, it means that you have re- your spirit has received. Amen. Are you with me? Are you getting the picture? So, that's it. And the peace of God which passes all understanding shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. If you ordered for a set of new chairs, alright? You ordered for chairs. Listen, you went to where they sell the chairs. You went there, you said, I need 100 chairs. You paid for it. They gave you a receipt. Alright? Then you go back to your house or wherever you are functioning from your office. And then they now told you, they said, we are going to deliver the chairs in 72 hours. For the fact that you have paid for the chairs, and they have told you they will deliver, you will go about doing your things. Are you understanding? You are not going to be standing there waiting for you. You go about doing your things. The chair matter is already settled. Listen, that's one part of it. And I said, the second part of it is that, it is when it gets to 72 hours and you don't see the chair or chairs. Then you say, why are the chairs not here yet? Why are they not here? Then you might pick up your phone and call and say, I ordered for chairs and you told me 72 hours. Why is it not yet here? They say, oh, 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 sorry. Um, they took it to the wrong address. That attitude... Some of us don't know that we ought to have that kind of attitude in prayer. Amen? If you actually receive something, how can you forget that? If you ordered for something in the Spirit, how can you forget you ordered for something? Amen? <laughs> Amen? You know some people say, I, I prayed. I say, ah, did I, have I prayed about it? I, if your Spirit has received it, you cannot forget. Amen? Amen? Are you understanding me? Oh God! Oh God! Your neighbor and I say, but you were praying about this thing yesterday. You say, eh, yesterday. I don't <laughs> that means that you didn't even enter prayer in the first place with the assurance that you are going to settle the matter. Amen. Remember what we were saying. That New Testament prayer already begins with the assurance that the answer will come. Amen. So, you didn't enter already believing that the answer will come. If you enter believing the answer will come, the moment you stand up from that place of prayer, you know that that matter has been settled. Praise God. I used to say it this way. Well, I was talking to him, I said, if you're not ready to settle the matter, don't even start praying. Amen. 
Don't start praying. You, are you, you want to set the matter now? Okay, as you kneel down, the matter I said to do. Yeah, yes. You have all your scriptures? Yes. You are, go ahead. And when you stand up from that place, you know that the matter is settled. Amen? Matter is settled. I met a man um, 1998 on my way from somewhere between Uyo and Calabar. And he shared a testimony with me that really touched me. I've never forgotten his testimony. He said that his wife, they've been married, he's been married to his wife for some years and they didn't have any child. So one particular night, he said enough is enough. Amen. Then he knelt down that night. And he said that this thing has to be settled today. I've, I've lost track of the time now, but it was about 8, 9 in the night. He knelt down and started praying. He said he was going to be there until he settled this matter of his wife having a child. They didn't have any child. He said he knelt down there. He was praying until, listen, his wife was in the bedroom sleeping. In her sleep, she had a vision. And a group of like nurses, a lot of people came into the bedroom. The husband was in another room praying. And then she saw Jesus amongst them. And they came out and they were doing something on her womb. So she woke up. It was about 2 a.m. When she woke up, she said, looking for her husband. This guy is still praying. When she went there, he was in the room praying. She was the one that stopped him. and said, Jesus has come. Amen. <laughs> That's when he stood up. She took in that month. That means that as he was going to that prayer, he has made up his mind that today is the day. <laughs> Amen. Are you understanding me? As I go in there, that matter will be settled. Are you listening to me? Today is the day. And today is the day means that I am going there to receive. I'm not going to see. Listen. I'm not going to see if God will hear me. No, no, no. I'm going to receive it. In prayer, we are going there to receive. It is when you have received that you can say you have actually prayed. Are you understanding me? Hallelujah. For example, you hear some of us talk about taking the nations for Jesus. Oh, Australia in the name of Jesus. Uh, United States in the name of Jesus. Let me explain something to you. What people are seeing is the manifestation of what we had received. We did not receive America in 2014. I received America in my spirit many years ago. Amen. Are you understanding me? We did not receive, um, we started UK church, was it 2.9 or 2.10, you know? That's not when we received it. We had received it a long time ago. That was when it manifested. Amen? I've shared this several times where one day I was in prayer, and the Spirit of God showed me some two. And the Scripture says there, it said, ask of me the hidden for the inheritance and ends of earth for thy possession. Then he said, ask me for the nations and I'll give it to you. So I knelt down and I said, Father, I ask for the nations of this world. And he gave it to me. Hallelujah. It was that day he gave me the nations. Australia, America, all the nations were given to me that day. What is happening is that with time, they are manifesting one country after the other. But I have already collected all of them. Amen. Are you understanding me? So what we are doing is, okay, now it's time for Australia. Okay, now it's time for, but we have already received it. Are you with me? Okay, so you, you are here now listening to me. 
you knelt down to pray. If you did not receive the job in the spirit, it will never manifest in the physical. Are you understanding me? Everything that you enjoy in the physical has to first be received in the spirit. And it's in prayer you receive it. You receive your promotion in the spirit first. See, when we say confession, confession, what are you confessing? The confession, you are, you are speaking the same thing with what you have received. Amen. So, now that you are not, now some people think that they will confess something until it happens. No, 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 no. That's not what confession is. No. Confession is this. You have received in the spirit. Your mouth is a witness of what your heart has received. Amen. So you say, oh, the nations belong to us. We have taken over. We have taken over. It's not that we are, we are not saying it so that we will take over. No. Our spirit has taken over. Our mouth is agreeing with what our heart has received. Amen. Are you with me? So in prayer, you receive. Your heart receives. And that's what faith is. Faith is like, in the realm of the spirit you went, they gave you the receipts. The receipts of the land. You have collected it. They now say, Haha, the land is mine. The land is mine. Amen? It's a done deal in the spirit. It might take days for it to manifest physically. It might take months for it to manifest, but you have received it. That's what Abraham did. When the Bible says that, Abraham being fully persuaded. Amen? Alright? See, he was giving glory to God. That means he had received it. The moment God spoke to him, he had received it. It took a while for it to manifest, but he had already received. Praise God. Did Abraham see all of us physically? No. In the spirit, he received all of us as sons. He has gone. But that thing he believed has still come to pass. Amen. Are you listening to me? I'm, I, I was trying my best not to be able... I, I want to teach on Israel prayer without talking so much about faith. But it's like, it's not possible. It's not going to be possible for me to explain some things about faith. Now, when we stand up to pray, some of you, what you need to pray for is this. Lord, give me scriptures, hallelujah, that show me that I have a right to make a demand for these things. Amen? Because that's where your confidence is. One day, pastor will not be there. Your friend or your brother that encourages you will not be there. It is that word from God that will be your confidence. Amen? That will your confidence. That will be your confidence. I end with this. I've been in situations where I didn't have a scripture. I've been in those kind of situations. We were discussing this at home to this uh, before I came for service. And so, because we were asking questions, my wife was asking me some questions. You know, I think she was preparing her home sermon notes, so she was asking me some questions. Then she threw this in. So I, I remember about I reminded her about a story. When I was in school, I had um, these results that um, the lecturers, because of my number. They all didn't want to listen to me. So the five of the lecturers all sent me out of their office. And it was Friday, about 2 p.m. And normally, on those days, people close early, they go home and all that. So I would have just given up. Listen, and just go on and say, okay, another day. But as I was coming down the staircase and going, University of Port Harcourt, between, um, 
arena and the faculty of humanities then there are these trees there i was just under that tree and i was troubled you know i was troubled so i, I just said praying talks and i said lord give me a scripture give me a scripture i want to see my results today give me a scripture now that time two o'clock is uh, is physically impossible for you to meet five different lecturers and see all of them are you understanding me so i was asking for something that really I had my New Testament, uh, Gideon's Bible in my back pocket, you know. I was just there, 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 then. The scripture that came to my spirit was Mark 9.23. Amen. Is it? Put it up. Let me see. Let me see. Good. And I opened it. The scripture said, Jesus said unto him, If thou can believe, all things are possible to him that believes. When I opened that scripture, listen, you know, as scripture came to me, I already know the scripture. But this time now, it was my Rhema word. Amen. When I opened it, I didn't just start going. Let me tell you what I did with it. I stood there and I said, Jesus said unto him, If thou can believe, all things are possible to him that believes. Jesus said unto him, If thou can believe, all things are possible to him. Jesus is saying unto me, If I can believe, all things are possible to me that believes. Jesus is saying to me now, in the name of Jesus, If I can believe, all things are possible to me. Hey! I believe, all things are possible. It has changed. Are you understanding me? I said, saying, I believe, all things are possible to me. I believe the five... Um, um, causes I will see the results today because it's possible to me. It was when it had turned to that I put my Bible in my pocket. I said, going back to the lecturer's office. Are you understanding me now? I said, going back. Going back from where they sent me out from. On my way, climbing the staircase, I met uh, a senior official. I said, ah, eh, that's your... I didn't even know you knew my name. He called my full name. I said... Then he said, have you been able to see your results? Now, let me ask you a question. Why was it that I met that man at that point? That's the word of God working. Amen. He said, have you seen the results? I said, no, I've not. He said, follow me. He took me to the lecturer. One after the other. I took him. Uh, uh, I know that people want to close. Wait, they bring out that result. Let's check. This fellow, this is a check. Okay, this is your result. for you. Wait, let's go to the other office. He took me to all the offices. Amen. And I saw the results. Now, let me explain to you. That was me receiving a word. Amen. Are you getting the picture? I would have never just said, oh God, help me to see my result. There's no confidence. There's no confidence. When I was going back, I, don't, I can't even remember whether I was walking or I was floating. Are you understanding me? Because as I was going, I was not going to take no for an answer. I don't know how it's going to happen. But you see, when you are in faith, you stop asking how. Amen. Are you understanding? You stop asking how. I said, how is it going to happen? I was just going there. I'm going to say, all things are possible to me that believe. At that time, now, this scripture is not for everybody. It's for me. Amen. Are you understanding me? So, so when you are searching scripture, sometimes you have issues. You have problems. You write prayer. Oh, I want to pray about this. I need to marry. I need to this. I need to have children. I need to, what are all the things that people need to do? I need to get a job. I need to be promoted. I need to be needed. Amen. <laughs> you know, all of these. Now, now, find scriptures. Amen. When you pray. Now, do you know why we talked about petition? Petition, you know, there's a man of God that actually does his own prayer like this. He writes it out as a petition. And then he will say, Father, I ask for so, 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 so. According to your word, he will write out everything. Sign. Amen. I receive today. He will write the date. Amen. Keep it. That's how he does it. Because he actually believes that the petition is an actual petition. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Now, what that means is that when you have prayed that prayer, any other time the thought comes to your mind about that, 
That your scripture is your scripture. You say, Father, I thank you because your word declared that all things are possible to me that believe. That day I prayed, I received it. Amen. Amen. And do you know what happens? When you learn to pray like that, you've learned something big. You can look through scriptures and see company inside scripture that belongs to you. You know, all of us can be reading the same Bible and not seeing the same things. We are not even mental. Amen? Because God is speaking to all of us in different ways. You open your own John 3.16. For God so loved, you will see another thing. Amen? That's what the Holy Ghost is prompting to you to pray about. And then you go with confidence. If you ask anything according to His will, you know that He hears you. And you know that you have the petitions of what you have desired of him. Amen. So it's, it's done. It's done. And no matter what tries to shake, thoughts might come to your mind, but your confidence is not in what you are seeing. It's in what the word of God has said. And your heart is now at peace. Praise God. Hallelujah. So I'll ask you, the things you desire, have you received it? Has your spirit received it? If your spirit has not, that's, the, that's what to do. To receive it. Listen, it doesn't matter how big the thing is. So. When your spirit has received it, it's yours. It's a matter of time. It's yours. It's yours. Let me say this to you. If, you know, sometimes people are praying for something. They are seeing your heart. They are telling you, you know, what we are praying for something, one big thing like that, you know. And then someone... Uh, I was talking with a friend of mine. We were talking, a good group of friends. So I said, I don't think you are praying for. And I said, the problem I have with it is that I feel somehow about it. So, because they, they wanted to join me to pray. I said, hold on. I said, I feel somehow about it. So, one of them, I said, how? I said, I don't feel justified to collect it. You know, what touched me, our friend, is that that's, the other friend is still learning something. So he said, that means you already know that you can collect it. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Are you understanding me? So the argument was that, I don't feel justified to collect it. If we pray this prayer, we collect it. But I don't feel justified to collect it. That's the problem. Now let me tell you something. If you are asking for something, and your heart, the justification to ask for it is not there. You cannot have the peace. Amen. Are you understanding me? So when the Rhema word comes to you, it's the Rhema word that gives you justification. Amen. It's your right. Praise God. Collect it. Hallelujah. So the point I'm making is that that's why sometimes we spend more time praying about something than another thing. Because sometimes there's the fight in our hearts about it and the Spirit of God begins to help you until that those issues are settled in your heart. Listen, you cannot overlook the signals that are coming from your heart concerning anything you are praying for. Amen? You can't. Because the heart is where everything actually happens. Amen? That's where it happens. Someone is going to receive. Amen? (laughs) Someone is going to receive this month. Amen? Glory to God! You will now see how... If I didn't know now... I would have bought car since. Ah! 
I didn't know that truck. I would have collected it since. I didn't know. Amen. Are you understanding me? You now know that you can receive things. In the realm of the spirit, you're already cruising the car. You're already cruising the car. You understand that? Your AC was on or a rumola. In the realm of the spirit. Physically, you are trekking on a batch road. You understand that? But you see, the contentment of being inside the car in the spirit is greater than whatever trekking that is happening to you on a batch road. Because you have received it. Your joy is already full. Your joy is already full. Are you understanding me? Your joy is full. Father, in the name of Jesus. You, know, you flip through scriptures, you go to a particular scripture that made you understand. Hallelujah. That, listen, it will fill your mouth with good things. He said, yes now, car is a good thing. This is one of the good things. Father, your word declares. Then, based on that, you find, he said, Father, I ask for so, 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 so car. In the name of Jesus, I receive it. When you prayed, your heart locked on that car. You start thanking him. Father, I thank you for my BMW S6. I thank you for... Are you understanding me? You start saying, Father, I thank you for... And you are thanking him, Father, I thank you for... And you are thanking him, and you are thanking him. The joy, even the day they will drive the car to your house, the joy that you had when you prayed, and that joy is the same. You didn't hear me, it's the same. Your joy is full. You have received it. Glory to God. This, this, this is what makes the difference between people you call people of faith. And those who say, maybe they don't know what they're doing. This is the difference. They know how to receive things in the Spirit. And once they have received it, they go about their business. Amen? Anytime the memory of that comes, they just say, Father, it's thanksgiving that comes out of the mouth. Say, believed in hope. Who against hope believed in hope? Hallelujah. That might be the father of many nations, according to that which is written. Amen? He said, he was fully persuaded, not, um, 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 giving glory to God. That means anytime you remember, Father, I thank you because I'm a father of many. Not say, Father, make me. I thank you because you will make me. No. That means he has not received. I am a father of many nations. I have received it. Are you understanding me? I'm not trying to get into the experience. I'm already in the experience. Glory to God. Lift your right hand everywhere. Say in the name of Jesus. I receive in my spirit every wisdom, every knowledge that will change my prayer life forever. From today henceforth, my prayer life has moved forward. I am praying New Testament prayers. The eyes of my understanding has been enlightened. I now know the hope of my calling. The riches of your glory, of the inheritance in the saints, in the name of Jesus Christ. Rise to your feet everywhere. I just pray in tongues for a minute or two. Let's just stay up ourselves for a minute or two. Thank you for listening to this message. If you have been blessed, you can reach us by email on info at faith2faithonline.org or call us on 234-806-361-3560. You are big, blessed, and loaded. Hey.